Can your hotel go from a red line property to an award-winning hotel? The answer is yes. Today, we have an award-winning hoteler, keynote speaker, and author, Christine Trippy. In this episode, she will teach us how to train our employees, keep them motivated, and a couple of tips and tricks on hiring the best employees. All this and more on today's True Hotel Leaders, where leaders teach leaders. Hey, what's going on? You know who it is. It's the Michael Jordan Hotels, Bruce Jordan. And of course, you know what I have with, with me today. We have Christine Trippy, award-winning author, best-selling author. The list just goes on and on with Christine. How are you doing today? I am amazing. I'm so excited you're in my hometown and we're here talking. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm surprised that I'm here too because actually my family is from out here. They live in, they live in Waukegan. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. You know that's where my old hotel is? Get out of here. Which one? I was a GM at the Courtyard Waukegan. Get out of here. Oh, wow. wow. I didn't know that you, I, I didn't know that you were from Waukegan. Yeah, you probably know some of my family members because they're, they're, a couple of them are Rolling Stones. So. <laughs> 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 they're probably your number one seller. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, that, that oh is amazing. Gosh. And you know, I, I have had so many in my 30 year, 35 year experience, um, career, uh, hotels that are just so special to me, but that hotel might be the most special hotel for me because we got to serve the Navy families mm -hmm. that came in every single week for boot camp. Oh wow! And there is, I just, I just felt so proud and so honored to be able to welcome those moms and dads and sisters and brothers in every week to celebrate them and their baby boy and baby girl who graduates from the Navy Academy. It was such an honor well what was like what was your best experience at that particular hotel that that you um, remember off mm, the top of your head i actually have a um a really impactful story it's, and probably a little too long but uh, but truly it was serving those navy moms and dads and you know i'll, I'll, I'll tell you this and i talk about this in my keynote mm -hmm. that hotel when i um first became general manager there and i was the first time gm there oh okay? wow mm -hmm. and it was red zone mm -hmm. and i remember taking on that property and so many people that knew me said you're gonna have to turn over everybody it's a mess and it's da da da, da. The, the previous gm was let go because of scandalous things and just kind of a mess and uh i quickly quickly saw they had some top baggage mm -hmm. and everyone underneath were diamonds. Wow. It was not going to take a whole turn. But I also quickly saw that the reason, it was in two weeks, I saw the reason we were red zone mm -hmm. is because there was just a um, leadership put a bad taste in their mouth about the Navy families, all the leisure. Uh. So, for example, you know, everybody. Uh, many people in hospitality have a different thought mindset about leisure versus business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you know there was you know that that oh they ask so many questions they they, they complain or they they don't know how to travel or <laughs> you you know the, you know you've heard it your whole life. Um, and uh, we had to open the bistro up early on Friday for them and things like that. And literally, I just saw that this was why because. Mm -hmm. It's our leisure guests who send in the surveys. That's right. It is not the business guests who send the surveys. That's right. So I, I quickly saw that. And so I had a huddle. And huddle is the most important thing you do every day. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what we'll talk about the most today. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> but um, 
I, I had a huddle and I said, oh my gosh, we're thinking about this all wrong. We get to welcome these families in. Some of these people have left their hometowns. They've never left their hometown their whole life. And they're here in Waukegan, mm-hmm. Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. see their baby girl or baby boy graduate from the United States Naval Academy. And we get to make them feel like superstars. How lucky are we? Wow. Right? Wow. And literally, from that moment on, everything changed. And then I, I said, um, I said, and my friends, think about this. We don't know where they're going next. Mm-hmm. We don't know um, if this is the last time they're ever going to see their son or daughter. That is true. And we get to create the experience that could potentially be their last memory. That's right. And, and, and everything changed from there. We started doing the red carpet. We started taking pictures like paparazzi when they come <laughs> back from graduation. We oh, put that's them on amazing. our Facebook. And then this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Every morning in the bistro, before mm-hmm. all everybody went to graduation, mm-hmm. we would give little tissue packets to all the moms oh. and daughters and even the dads wow. because we know that they're going to cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had more TripAdvisor posts and comments and reviews about the tissues <laughs> than anything. <laughs> and it, 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 tr- so truly, it was just such an honor one to watch this team transition so mm-hmm. beautifully but to be able to welcome those guests that is amazing yeah i can see all of them their navy whites or their navy blues and their families and it, it was so awesome and so yeah. which is my next question how did you get started in this business like mm, well not too far from here about 30 minutes that way okay okay <laughs> um it was the hampton inn Mm-hmm. And it was a brand new Hampton Inn. And back then, the ha- I am so old <laughs> that back then the Hampton Inn was part of the uh, Holiday Inn group. It oh, wasn't really? part of Hilton. Back then, it was part of Promise. Do you remember Promise? No, I remember Bass Hotels. That's how far okay. I go back. I okay. go back. I, so I'm like, Bass Hotel, yeah, just, just, just <laughs> little, just little, probably about two years. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a Hampton Inn was part of Holiday Inn. And that was a new chain. Mm-hmm. I think we were one of the first 50 um, that we were in Schaumburg, Illinois. And I was 17. I was in the work program in high school. Oh, wow. I had no idea what I would do with my life. And I immediately fell in love with hospitality. And I started as a van driver slash laundry girl. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. And a year later, I was opening up my own Hampton Inn just down the street from here, Westchester as the assistant general manager at 18 years at 18 old 18 years old well i look at that and she yeah. had no dependence on her tax return yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 18 years old and it was i'm i just immediately um fell in love and i just knew i was home like okay this is i i remember as a teenager i worked at uh bangusto restaurant as a busser mm-hmm. and then i went to ponderosa Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my um, my early career, <laughs> and I just remember saying, I don't know what I'll do with myself. I just know I like to make people happy. Yes. And yes. I just remember as a, as a young girl saying that all the time, and and then I found this 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 stage where I could do that every day. It was so cool. Now you're now see I I know you're very well known for Marriotts. I didn't know you started off at at the at the Hilton. Yes, so. and well, I actually started out at Holiday Inn. Because that was Holiday yeah. Inn then. But Hamptons were part of Holiday Inn. Then from there, I did go to the Crown Plaza, mm-hmm. um, which is right over here in Lyle. 
Um, oh yeah, that's a that's a huge property. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a huge property. Yeah, well, it's uh, and it's not a Crown Plaza anymore, but uh, it, it was the premier property of the the southern suburbs here. And when that opened, it was like the most expensive hotel ever opened in this whole area, maybe aside from downtown, but in all the suburbs, it was the premier property. It was gorgeous. Oh wow! Yeah, it was gorgeous. And yeah. I remember we had a concierge level, and you could actually see the city skyline on a clear day. Mm -hmm. It was just the oh, it was just the coolest. Yeah. Man, listen, yeah. I'm checking in soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to. Honestly, it's not as beautiful as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, usually everything gets more beautiful with renovation and whatnot. It, it was more beautiful then. You we hey, you got this some crazy competition in Chicago. So yeah. like, it's just hard just to survive out here with all the competition going on. I mean, yeah. the parking is so high, like you forget that you still got to pay for the room. <laughs> it's so funny, as an associate, we would go stay downtown and the parking would be more than the associate rate. <laughs> the parking downtown is like $69 a night. <laughs> and when I'm coaching downtown properties and I'm coaching them on how to present it, Oh, parking is only sixty nine dollars a night. Only sixty nine dollars a night with free in and out privileges. <laughs> now speaking of training, like uh, I know there's a lot of things that you went through with training. Like what are some of the things that you worked for you when you were getting trained oh. before you became started training? That's that's interesting. I am a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So and in the same turn, I have to do. Okay. So one of the things I do when I and when I train to train is the the look, the the the, the watch me, mm -hmm. the do it, teach me. Okay. So watch, do it, teach. And you, and I remember, uh, I remember being told this that you will never know your job better than when you teach somebody how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget teaching someone to do the night audit. Oh wow! And the first time I had to train somebody on night audit, and they asked me all these questions. Well, why do I push that button? I'm like, I don't know. It just says it on my checklist. <laughs> At this time, I need to push this button. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. But because of teaching people, and they ask those questions, you start to understand why and what you're doing, not mm -hmm. just to do it because it's on a checklist. Makes sense. So, so that's one way that I always use to teach someone. Here, watch me how to do it. Now you get in here and do it. Now teach me how to do it. Yeah, you know we have a lot of different uh, personalities, and everybody learns a little differently. Yes. Um, at least from my experience, some people they're more visual, while some people are more hands-on. Yes. What, and and this is the bad part. They don't want to tell you because they probably don't even know that. Like, hey, uh, this isn't my style of training. Right. Right. So how do you? What are some of the things that you do to identify what their style of learning is, and then proceed further? Like? Well, first of all, I always ask. Okay. And again, they might not know, but if they do feel like they know, mm -hmm. if you ask, they're not going to feel uncomfortable telling you mm -hmm. because you're asking them. Uh, so one, I always ask, but this is something that, as a matter of fact, I, in my Crown Society Private Hospitality Club, I just did a Monday morning huddle about this, and that there's four ways that we communicate with people. Mm -hmm. And that any time you are initiating, initiating a new process or a new program or just teaching someone to do something new. Okay you want to make sure you are hitting all four so like with intention going okay how am i visually going to communicate this how am i going to written 
communicate it written. Mm -hmm. um, how am I going to verbally communicate it? And then um, how am I going to live it myself? Because that's that fourth way. And, and that is what I, I want to really impress upon people is that we need to make sure, because we might be written, you know, we, yeah. we learn through written. And so we write lots of memos and send lots of emails, mm -hmm. but other people don't learn that way. Exactly. So if we're only doing that one way, we're missing a lot of people. I so agree. just making sure, okay, I've got to implement a new breakfast standard. Okay, what's it, what posters am I putting up? What videos am I going to have? Mm -hmm. What what am I going to have written? Because there's some people that might want to just read through it and not watch through it. Exactly. You know? So exactly. just making sure that no matter what you're doing or what you're implementing, that you're hitting all four. Nice, nice. Now listen, when it comes to training, one thing that I, uh, I feel like we don't do enough of is letting them know that there's room for error, oh. that they can make mistakes. Critical conversations you're yes, talking about? Yes, oh, yes, yes. So how do you handle that? <laughs> I have a whole master class on this. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but this is a great question because, and you know, in every room I'm in right now with a bunch of leaders, I'll ask, how many of you have avoided a critical conversation because mm -hmm. you're afraid their associates are just going to quit? Uh, Every single hand goes up, and and, the, and if the, if the hand doesn't go up, it it doesn't go because they're afraid to put it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think in this tight talent market, mm -hmm. everyone's feeling that way. But here's the facts: the facts are that 94% of people would actually stay longer in a position and with a company if they felt invested in. Makes sense. So. Even though we think not saying something is going to keep them happier and not upset them, mm -hmm. they what they really want is someone who will invest in them and coach them and, and bring them to that next level, just like someone did for us. Exactly. And so the very first step in get, getting yourself to have these critical conversations is one, Stop calling them critical conversations. Do not call them critical conversations. It's coaching. It's mentoring. It's love. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right? Because we freak ourselves out with words. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then here's the other thing. I always talk about the power of get versus the power of have. Mm -hmm. When you say, oh, I have to have this conversation mm -hmm. with this person, or I have to, to go inspect rooms, or I have to have a huddle. Have, you're a victim. Have is negative. Have mm. is you have no control. Okay. Instead, I get to go have a huddle and pump up my team. I get to go inspect rooms and make sure that my housekeeper didn't forget something and so exactly. they could be a superstar. I get to have this conversation, this mentoring conversation with my associate to help them like somebody helped me. The reason I'm in this seat today is because someone gave me tough feedback or great mentoring and I now get to do that for someone else so first step is mindset okay and that's what that's what I do in my workshop too I ask everyone to think of is there someone you can think of right now that gave you some maybe hard to hear feedback mm -hmm. but because of that feedback you are in their seat today because you became yeah. a better leader and everybody can think of somebody that's done that for them now you get to do that for someone else how lucky are we? Uh, very, very lucky. Right? Very, very lucky. <laughs> so I'll give you one more. Um, so the next step in having those mentoring, coaching conversations is 
first of all, in order to break through anything, mm -hmm. when we just get, when we just, let me back up. When we just get told you, you made the bed wrong or the sheet goes like this or mm -hmm. you got to tuck like this. You know, it's like rag, rag, rag. Yeah, oh you sound God, like a, work so hard. sound like an agger. Exactly. <laughs> this is not right and this is not right and I work so hard. When you can help people, I come to the identity on their, their own, mm -hmm. that's when the magic happens. So in order to break through anything, for any of us, we need to identify what it is, mm -hmm. we need to own it, that's my work, and then we can act on it. So I'll give, this is my favorite, this is my very okay. favorite, the one through 10. So you know, our guests rank us mm -hmm. from one through 10. One being the worst, 10 being the best. True or true? That is true. That is true. <laughs> so what I will do is, let's just say we are um, inspecting a room. And um, I'm Minerva is one of my uh, previous housekeepers, and she was amazing. But I always use her because she's always top of mind. So <laughs> I say, I say, if I were to go in and say, Minerva, the pillows aren't right, or the you know you didn't tuck the right, you're like, uh, uh, uh. Mm -hmm. Instead, I say, Minerva, from one through ten, what would you rank your bed? Now Minerva's going to be harder on on the her than me. Yeah. Okay, and Minerva might go seven. Like, okay, well, why not a perfect 10? It looks pretty darn good. Why not a 10? Well, I shouldn't have the sheet showing or I could have fluffed that pillow a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is there anything I can do to help you to get those 10s? I know you want that incentive at the end of the month. I know you, you know, and then you have this coaching conversation. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and then being very humble. I'm terrible at beds, Minerva. Is there anybody on the team that you think is really good that maybe can help us all get better? You, you know, just having this great conversation where you're both growing. Exactly, exactly. So that's one of my all-time favorites. This is the one through 10. Wow, wow. <laughs> and here's the thing. When I was with Marriott International, mm -hmm. I would cross the country supporting 465 hotels. And if I were to come in, and most of them were red zone hotels that needed to move out of red. And if I were to come in and go, Look at guys, the carpet is this and this is that and you know, you know, we got dust over here. No one's gonna wanna work with me. Mm -hmm. You know what? I know as a general manager that's my baby. And if you tell me my baby's ugly, <laughs> I'm not gonna like you. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so that's why I was very that was a huge learning for me. Because I went from being the general manager, the boss, right? Mm -hmm. Where people do things sometimes because you are the boss and you do their performance evaluations and whatnot. Um, but truly that role was influential. Yeah. I had to make sure I was influencing people, not just that they were doing things because I was the boss. Yeah. Okay. It was pure influence. And, uh, and so that was a, a really big learning curve. So I would come in. I get the leadership team, we do a whole round out first, and then I take them through the hotel. We go to the Porticashier, and mm -hmm. I'd say, okay, everyone, from one through 10, what would you rank the Porticashier? The first impression your guests have. And they would go and they'd come back with their number. And I'd say, okay, great, now why not a 10? And then they would all tell me, why not a 10? They, they'd tell me, they identified it. I never had to tell them what was wrong. Beautiful. And then I'd say, okay, so let's talk about this. We're walking by this every day. And whose checklist is it on? Do we have the tools to do this? Do we? And then we start to grow from there. But I never came in and said, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever sucks. <laughs> they just, you know, we just, we just get caught up in a whirlwind. And 
I this is something I always do when I'm a brand new general manager. I write absolutely everything I'm seeing down mm -hmm. because I know within two weeks there's so much of this I'm going to stop seeing because it's going to become part of the the background. Yeah. You you know how that yeah, is. Yeah, I know exactly right? what you're talking about. But so yeah, so that that was and and, and quite honestly, I say this about every job I've loved every job I've had. <laughs> <laughs> but I I absolutely loved getting getting to help those hotels move and 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 then have them become award winners and have them reach goals that they never thought they could reach and especially in the four walls that they were in yeah we had one town play suites in virginia beach that was red zone hotel for literally the entire time marriott had it and that wow. was that was like over a decade i want to say it was like 13 years it was red zone hotel and this one gentleman, Elizabeth Nundu, I don't know if you know her. No. She's uh, one of our COVID friends on LinkedIn. Okay, okay. <laughs> Probably haven't seen her yet. Yeah. And, um, but she, uh, I, I did consulting at the hotel after she took over. And the, the number one thing you can do to, to change your results is huddle. Mm -hmm. And she really was by what I was saying. And uh, she, she, she did it. And she moved that hotel from red to green. Beautiful. And then she became an award winner. Beautiful. Yeah. It Beautiful. was so awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it was, it was really. And just getting to be able to help leaders see their, fulfill their potential and whatnot is so cool. Listen, now this is the downside, of course, of, of training. When do you decide that this person is just not a right fit for that particular position? They're not picking up. They're not getting it. What are some of the telltale signs or some of the, the things that you see where you, you have to make the decision to say, unfortunately, we may have to put you in another department because yeah. this one and, is and, and that And that's the thing. It's turning around. It's fortunately, we're seeing the talent in you mm -hmm. and your talent lies here. Yes. And we're going to put you where your heart pounds. We're going to put you, you know, if you're lucky, you have that option in okay. your four walls to do that. Um, I was just helping uh, another leader reposition a person okay because they had the, the attitude they had the personality they had the everything i'm like you need them in charge of guest experience you don't have that position let's make it today <laughs> because everything's going to change you're going to make more revenue for it you're going to find you know you, this is going to be amazing um but that was exactly it they did not have the technical skill for the position they were in mm -hmm. and 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 but they had everything else and what wow. what made their heart pound was doing those little extras. So we were just we were just working through that. But now there are times where they're just not the right fit. Yes. And that's when you have those heart to heart conversations and saying, you know, and, and here's where I usually do it. This was um, a lesson that I had to learn mm -hmm. because I tend to be the talker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm figuring that out. Never, right never. She's an amazing <laughs> listener. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want to fill that. Uh, you know, especially if you're working with an associate, that you know, that you, you as a leader feel like you need to spell out the situation. Yeah. But you don't want to. You want to get them talking. So the four power questions. I use these for everything. For post shifts, I use them for huddles. I use them for one on ones. I use them for myself. Okay, I just launched my first um, my Crown Society. What went right with the launch? What didn't go right? What am I learning? What am I going to do next time for my next okay. launch? 
So that's the four power questions. What's going right? What's not going right? What am I learning? What will I do different? So in a situation like that, what's going right in, the, in your job? You know, you've been here three months. Tell me what's going right. Okay. Well, you know, and get them to identify, own, and act. Okay. Okay. And they might say, okay, this is what's going on. Wait, wait, what's not going right? You know, I keep making mistakes. I, I keep calling out. Fit in. I keep calling <laughs> out. Yeah. Now, if it's attitudinal, that's different. Mm -hmm. That's a lot easier for me to have. <laughs> if it's a capabil capability that that you know you want to you want to help them find their niche, but uh, so then I'll, I'll you know and start the conversation that way by getting them to tell. If it's always us telling others, then mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't register as register well. As much. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Now uh, in today's day and age. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the talent pool that we had right now was very different than the talent pool that we had uh, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing a lot of is I'm, I'm starting to see people in positions that probably pre-COVID, pre they probably wouldn't have been in that position. Or I, I, get a, I hear a lot of people that are dealing with employees that they, they probably wouldn't have selected them uh, pre-COVID, but due to the, you know, the talent pool mm -hmm. that isn't the same as before they're having issues and of course they need a position filled mm -hmm. so when you're when you're bringing an employee on board what are some of the questions that you ask um, mm -hmm. during the interview process that, that helps you identify if this person is the the right individual for this the position? Is, I, have, I have so much to unpack on okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay Good, because we need to know. <laughs> I, I love talking about hospitality. I literally could sit back here for days and just sit there. <laughs> okay, first thing I want to answer your question is, what do I ask? Let me just share with you this. Um, in my book, Yes is the Answer, mm -hmm. I talk about the starfish story. Mm -hmm. And this is this was like my 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 bloom of my, my purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I, I talk about my, my mission has been to change the world one yes at a time since I was 17 years old. And that was right after I got my very first comic card from a guest. And oh, I was like, oh, I made a difference. <laughs> I brought it home and I showed my dad. And that's when he said, he said to me, he said, baby, there's 15 more people who thought the same thing and they just didn't take the time to write it. Oh, that's beautiful. And I was like, yeah, dad, <laughs> That is yeah. beautiful. Okay. And then he told me the starfish story. And from that moment on, I never went to work again. I, I, and I know this sounds so cliche, but I really mean it. I never went to work again. Every day I go into work, I think, whose world do I get to change today? And if it was just from a compliment to putting an amenity in a room or, or a coworker that was feeling down, had to work on their birthday and you made it special for them, you know, whatever it was, I, I, that's how I channeled everything. Okay, so first of all, I take that culture with me mm -hmm. everywhere I go, whether I was a front desk agent or I was the general manager. And that energy is contagious. And as people are watching me do my scrapbook and watching <laughs> me change the world and make, you know, like, and talk about it, they're like, I want to do that too, you know? So I like, that's how I've had award winning hotels. It's not because I'm smarter than any other person, it is because of the culture that I bring to each hotel. So when I'm interviewing, I will often tell them about the starfish stories. And I will see if I see a spark in their eye. Mm. I will see if they go, oh, I have got a great story that's just like that. I, I, will, I will 
that that's the energy I'm looking for. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and genuinely, I will. I I really one of my pet peeves. Everybody, one of my pet peeves is when I see needs Fosse experience or needs on cue experience or you know that tells me that leader is lazy. They don't want to start from the beginning. They want someone who just walk in and they don't have to do the work. Uh-huh. Personally. I'd rather have somebody that I get to mold into my little world changer, you know, and that that doesn't come with, we did it here at this place and we did it here or there. Um, I get to mold them into that. I'll take anybody, but. (laughs) I don't think you can get anyone with a falsy experience anymore. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes you sure can you sure can that's everywhere they like but, i uh, think Fa- fossey was written in bc or ad i can't remember i think it's bc, <laughs> I think it's BC. it looks like BC. <laughs> but this is so funny because i worked for so many different brands and i had never worked for marriott and mm-hmm. i worked uh my first marriott was the um the chicago marriott northwest not too far from here and my whole history is right here bruce wow yeah, <laughs> yeah like my, you. my whole history is right here and i um uh I, I remember coming from the hilton and we had a system 21 at that time okay and i don't do you remember that at all no i remember no, okay. system 21. <laughs> Young, see, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm IHG, you know, <laughs> yeah. okay, right, hotel, right. like, okay. well, I was at the Hilton, well, and, um, you know, <laughs> okay, okay. and, uh, I, and it's colorful, it's mouse operated, you know, it's, you know, and then I went to the Marriott and I saw the FMS PMS, mm-hmm. the F, that full service PMS, FS PMS, um, and I literally was like, what's this? <laughs> I could, I could not believe the system because, like, to me, Marriott was it. Yeah. You know, and it is it, okay? Yeah. But I was like, what is this? It's not even colorful. It was Bill Gates' first operational system. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget the very first day I started, there was, like, a line out the front door, and the general manager and somebody else was like, just hit I for in, just hit I for in. <laughs> And that's what I was doing. I'm like, I for in, here's your key. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. I love thinking about that. Okay, but here's what I want to go back to unpack. Mm-hmm. Every every room that I'm in as well, I ask, how many of you think that our associates and our guests were different in 2019? And again, I've not been in one room that hasn't been unanimous, 100%. Yeah. And then I, I pause and I say, okay, I appreciate that and I know how much we have been through. However, what I want to ask you is, are we the same leader and service providers we were in 2019? Mm. And that what every, and the, you'll see everyone's face go, no, we're not. Yeah. And I'm like, I really appreciate you. That's what I want us to just, just think about for a minute. And it's nobody's fault. We have been through so much from COVID to, we already have a lot of hard nose and COVID made so many more hard nose. Our fitness centers closed, our pools are closed, no breakfast, no housekeeping services. And even if the guest isn't upset, every time your associates, your frontline have to say no, it's just like a punch. And it's like all day long, that's all they were doing. And then we were feeding ourselves endlessly with negative memes, negative yeah. memes, true or Yeah. negative memes. And when you become what you feed yourself. So we would see about how a guest trashed a room and we started coming in with, for a fight. 
Yeah. You're not going to trash my room. You're going to sign this party policy. You're going to, uh, right? <laughs> Signs everywhere. We Signs can refuse everywhere. business at any time to anyone. Yes, you'll be arrested <laughs> if you try to bring a dog in here. No smoking. <laughs> but In this it, zone, you have to go 10 stories down <laughs> in the next, cross the street, in the next building over if you want to smoke. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I know how terrible, how, 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 how terribly difficult it's been over the past two years. So it's nobody's fault that we've evolved this way, but we need to recognize that that's what's happened. Realize we've figured it all out now mm -hmm. for the most part and to move forward, to get back to that, that loving feeling. And I know we all want to, we all want to. And then our energy is contagious. So if we're showing up for that fight, yeah. That's why we're getting such difficult guests because they're feeling that energy. It used to look like, welcome to the Hilton. And now it's, you have to wear a mask. Or, or better it yet, we can't, we, don't, we can't service your room every day. It's upon request. Exactly. For COVID reasons. Exactly. And think about this. There are people inside our four walls right now that have never seen 2019 service yeah they've never seen welcome to the courtyard yeah they've never seen that they if you do that in front of them they're gonna be like oh that's weird <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we just need to recognize and here's the one of the biggest things i'm hearing all over the place oh yeah we used to do that oh uh, yeah we used to do that oh yeah we used to do it that. it used to be like that with breakfast like ah, uh, yeah we used to do that then here's your brown bag for your, you know, exactly. for your job, like you're like your little kid. Here's your lunch bag. Exactly. <laughs> Go to school. <laughs> we need to think about what are those things that we used to do and let's yeah. get back to them. Let's start Absolutely. having fun again. Let's go out and client visits again. Let's get out there and, um, and just love our industry again. I agree 100%. agree 100%. <laughs> Let me see this book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs> Now, she said it's nobody's fault, but it is somebody's fault. It's your fault if you have not picked up this book. Okay? Yes is the answer. What inspired you to write this book? Oh, gosh. It started at the Crown Plaza when I was 19. Beautiful. Okay. I read an article, and it's, it's in the book, but I read an article, so I'll give you a short snap of it. And it was about this hospitality professional who just got a big promotion mm -hmm. and he wanted to take his whole family out for dinner to really celebrate. This was a big deal for them. And as the waitress was coming around asking for dessert orders, his daughter Susie said, I'd like a, uh, a pineapple milkshake. And the waitress said, oh, no, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we don't have milkshakes on the menu. Wah, wah, wah. Mm. And he was just so bummed about that. One, because he wanted everyone to have whatever they wanted. It was a big celebration. And two, what does it take to make a pineapple milkshake? Pineapples. Much, yeah, pineapples, <laughs> some yogurt, some ice, some ice cream. Pretty much any select service hotel yeah. could do, have done that. Okay. And so he that impacted him so greatly. He went back to his hotel. He hung up pineapple milkshakes all over the hotel. And he had a big team rally, and he became he created the new motto: "Yes is the answer. What is the question?" From this day forward, we are eliminating the word no. And mm. I read this article, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm totally all about this. I'm doing this too." I went back to my hotel. I scheduled my rally. I put up my pineapples. I put up my signs that say, "Yes is the answer." And then, what do you think happened? Someone asked for a mango milkshake and you don't have any mangoes. 
Well, I, I usually will ask, do you think we never said no again? And no, we didn't. Because this is the key. This is the ticket. It's not enough to hang up signs and mm -hmm. pineapples that say yes is the answer. We need to teach our people how. I agree. I see signs up all across the country as I consult hotels and I see all, all, all the time, I'll see yes is the answer signs and I'll ask the GM two of my hard to questions and they'll be like, well, unfortunately, I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're telling your associates yes is the answer. Mm -hmm. Here's what we need to do. What we're missing is we're missing the how. Everybody wants to tell you the why and the what, yeah. but nobody gives you the how. So I, to be honest, didn't know how either at the time. And I really got super hyper fixated on how do you always say yes. Mm -hmm. And throughout my decades, I just came to this four step process and I would teach my people and it always went over extremely well. Then as I started crossing the country, I started teaching all over and every single time people were like, oh my God, that is, that is so simple. And <laughs> you know how, you know, and, uh, and then I, I, I kept saying, I should write a book. I'd like yeah. to share this with everybody. If I could give one gift to all service providers, it would be to stand tall and be able to say yes and own your day. And so I finally went from shooting on myself and I <laughs> said, I will do it. And I did it. And we're not going to tell you the answer. It's in the book. You yes. have to buy the book. Her, <laughs> if you call me, I'll tell you. <laughs> her next book is going to be how to stay married with a difficult job. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a, a, a million, million dollar bestseller right there, let me tell you. You have to meet a guy <laughs> named Mike Trippy, and you will be fine because he's the best husband in the world. Yeah, because like the divorce rate in the hotel business is very high, so it's if she can do it. You know what I'd be curious? What's higher, cops or hoteliers? I'm thinking hoteliers. I, 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 I have to say hoteliers. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Because I, I never forget uh, my, my front office manager, he's, uh, him and his wife, you know, they, they, have, they was having problems because he's smiling, appreciating the guests, letting the guests know that they're, that they're welcome. They're, you know, he's trying to take care of the guests so much. By the time he gets home, <laughs> he's all smiled out. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah. It's but there are so many, I would love, what I like to used to call it, my Marriott marriages, mm -hmm. where you, you, you meet in hospitality, so you yeah. both have the same career. So that's helpful, I think. I think that is, I would love to see a ratio between police officers and hospitality. Man, listen, that's dangerous. What, what, what I don't like about, like, hotel marriages is because before, if it's just, like, a, a, a colleague, you always make sure your colleagues is respected and so on and so forth. Mm. But now it's your wife. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, right. you can't talk to my wife like that. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So tell everybody, how can they get the book? Oh, well, the book is on Amazon.com. So that's the best way. Or if you message me, I would love to sign it for you and send you a copy. So either way. Um, and just go check out the website, uh, thewisepineapple.com. And how can they get in touch with you? Uh, DM me on any platform. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, uh, thewisepineapple.com. And I have the only hospitality insiders club called the Crown Society. So you can learn more about that at thewisepineapple.com. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. And thank you for tuning into another episode of True Hotel Leaders, where leaders teach leaders. And we'll talk to you soon.